Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. Hey everybody, this is See It To Be It, the Wednesday podcast from Living Corporate. Living Corporate is a digital media network that centers and amplifies black and brown people at work. My name is Amy C. Wanninger and I'm the host of See It To Be It. When I was growing up in rural Southern Indiana, I didn't know people who went to college or who worked in professional roles. I didn't know what those jobs looked like or how to break into them. And in a lot of cases, I didn't even know the jobs existed. But this show isn't about me, it's about the guests. Every week, I bring you career stories from everyday role models in jobs you may not know exist. More importantly, the folks I interview share their perspectives as black and brown professionals in jobs and environments where they may be the only. My guest today is Brian J. Old. He's the founder of Black Speakers Network, and he is fabulous. But before we get to the interview, we're going to tap in with Tristan for some career advice. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting, and I'm back to bring you another career tip. This week, I want to talk about advocating for yourself in the workplace. Many Black, Indigenous, and other professionals of color don't often speak up for themselves or the injustices they see within the workplace out of fear of retribution. But with everything going on in the world, many professionals are trying to find the way to make their voice heard, whether it be on the discomfort returning to the office during COVID-19, or challenging systemic issues linked to racism. It's difficult to speak up, especially when you depend on your job so you can pay your bills and live your life. So I wanted to provide some tips on how to begin advocating in the workplace. The first thing to remember is that advocacy starts with you. I mean this in a couple of different ways. You first have to believe in yourself, your cause, and the fact that you deserve to be advocated for. Because if you aren't firm in that belief, Others won't take it seriously and your attempts to advocate will be in vain. The second way I mean this is that you can't advocate for others if you don't know how to advocate for yourself. Before you start trying to advocate for others, take the time to learn how to do so for yourself. This will allow you to practice, boost your confidence, and help you find your advocacy voice. The first step in advocating is getting very clear on what the issue is. Remember that no one is a mind reader, and oftentimes, people who aren't affected by the issue have a hard time spotting it, so it's necessary to get clear on what is working and what isn't. The next step is to develop potential solutions and present them alongside the issue. Don't expect your boss to do the legwork, because when you rely on someone else to develop solutions, you could end up waiting a long time, or they could also move forward with actions that don't actually solve your problem. A major tip here is never, and I mean never, ask for less in order to increase your chances of getting a yes. 
When you do this, your boss isn't actually aware that you are asking for less, so you really only end up cheating yourself. Lastly, if you get denied, don't let that get you down. Figure out how to reframe your request or tailor it so you can build a better case. Remember, no one knows you better than you. It's necessary that you speak up for yourself, your ideas, and your concerns. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Living Corporate is brought to you by the Liberated Love Notes Podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. The Liberated Love Notes Podcast is a starting point for integrating self and community affirmations into your daily practices. The Liberated Love Notes Podcast center the experience of black folks existing in white systems and speaks to overcoming imposter syndrome, disrupting injected and internalized forms of oppression, embodying an abundance mindset, and building a healthy racial identity. Check out Liberated Love Notes Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, hosted by Brittany Janae Harris. Welcome back to See It To Be It. My guest today is Brian J. Olds. Brian is a certified introvert, first-generation entrepreneur, award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and investor. Now, what you need to know about Brian is he was not born with a natural enthusiasm for public speaking. This Baltimore native inadvertently entered into the world of speaking when he delivered his first presentation at Toastmasters in 2006. Brian specializes in empowering rising professional speakers to create clarity, streamline systems, and cultivate the relationships needed to reach the unique audience they are called to serve. His passion for speaking and entrepreneurship led him to create Black Speakers Network, or BSN, a membership-based professional speaker development and empowerment community. With an active network of more than 12,000 speakers, BSN is committed to equipping, connecting, and inspiring the next generation of professional Black speakers. Brian, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Amy. Listen, this is um, this is going to be fun. And anytime I have an opportunity to hang out with thought leaders, hang out with just overall people who are making things happen, it is a great day. So thank you. Well, thank you. I feel <laughs> the same way. Now, you and I met recently, but I have to tell you, your reputa reputation precedes you uh, because I know a lot of folks who are members of BSN who rave rave about the content and the opportunity that you share there. And I was so excited because you and I actually met through National Speakers Association event. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was so excited to meet you in person and, and see who's the man behind all this magic. So <laughs> it's a long way. First of all, let me just say it's a long way from Toastmasters to running your own speaking membership group. Um, can you talk a little bit to us about that journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got nervous when you said reputation comes before because, you know, people always say, you know, you always want your brand to walk in the door before you do. And sometimes it's not always good. So I, I, that makes me feel really good. But yeah, thank you so much. And uh, as you mentioned in my bio, you know, I started Black Speakers Network in 2016. But the journey to being a speaker started, you know, 10 years before that. I, um, I'm a kid. I always self-identify three things. You know, I'm a kid from Baltimore. Uh, I am um, kind of a 
a person who had this dream of becoming an aerospace engineer, which landed me at one of the top black engineering schools in the country, Morgan State University. And uh, I hit like calculus two, Amy, and I was like, okay, let me just go see what the school of business might be talking about. So I uh, didn't make it through as an engineer. And so by the time I, you know, was in my sophomore, junior year, I was pretty much lost. I had no idea what I wanted to be, what I was going to do. I was just in schools, so I wouldn't be like a dropout. And so I uh, signed up to be a business administration major, which is a really weird major because it's kind of like business administration really doesn't prepare you for like anything. If you're an account, if you're an accountant, you know, a finance major, hospitality, all these other disciplines, you know kind of what you're going to be doing when you get out. Business administration, people are like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> like, so, but I was there trying to learn business. And that's why I stumbled upon Toastmasters, as you mentioned. And so this was in the summer of 2006. Uh, we had just started a Toastmasters club on campus. Um, for your listeners who may not be familiar, Toastmasters is an amazing global organization. Um, over 100,000 members around the world. And the goal of joining a Toastmasters club is to help you become a more proficient um, communicator through public speaking. And you get feedback, and it's a great program. I am a certified introvert. That's me. <laughs> I want to just, can I jump on this Toastmasters yes. bandwagon for just a Go second? Ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you, I've, I say this in my book, I say this in my blog, I say this every chance I get. Toastmasters is the best value in experiential learning you can possibly have. Yep. Because it teaches you how to listen. It teaches you how to talk. It teaches you how to communicate, teaches you how to lead, how to manage your time, how to manage meetings. There is, there is no better way as a young professional, especially somebody can spend that hour a week. I agree. And that's one of the reasons. So believe it or not, when we started this club on campus, Amy, we were in a minority. Well, we were in a minority for a lot of reasons. Like we were all black club. We're all we're on this HBCU campus. There were very few Toastmasters clubs operating on college campuses for that. And, you know, and it's kind of the reverse. Like typically, you know, older professionals find their way to Toastmasters at some point later in life, but it really should be available really in high school. In my opinion, you should be kind of getting involved in stuff like that. But I absolutely agree with all of that. Uh, but yeah, that was my entry point. I delivered my very first presentation in the summer of 2006. Uh, I had sweaty palms, shaky voice, almost walked out of the room in the middle of my presentation, but I made it through it. And um, I decided like, okay, this is something I could commit to uh, for working on the rest of my life. And so I had no idea, like my goal, I didn't even know the professional speaking industry was a thing. And so Joe Smash has kind of lit that flame. And it was the initial awareness of, oh, not only can I speak, but sitting in a classroom, Amy, with, you know, 10, 15, 20 other bright, talented uh, people who also were delivering presentations, I just was thinking, wow, it would be so great if we could galvanize this. And I feel like I've always been the type of person that I've always leaned toward uh, creating systems. I've always leaned toward um, community. Like if I want to learn something, I want to get around other people who are doing it. And so I naturally sought out to find communities of other speakers. And that actually led me to NSA pretty early on, but it also helped me realize that I probably need something a little bit more specific as well. That's excellent. Now you were talking about being a cert certified introvert. And I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear somebody who is very comfortable on a stage, um, you know, very comfortable leading groups of hundreds or even thousands of people, you know, through some sort of transformation, say, 
and I'm an introvert. So can you talk just a little bit about that? Because there are a lot of us who were great on stage, but maybe in a room full of people where we have to interact with a lot of people, we're exhausted by the end of the thing, right? And that's exactly right. That's kind of how, and we just did uh, on a Black Speakers Network podcast, we just had one of our speakers come on and talk, give really detailed um, kind of explanation, a breakdown of introvert, ambivert, and extrovert. But how I've always interpreted has been where you get your energy. And I, I kind of resonate with that definition because it's true. I, I definitely love people. Like I love being around people in general. Like I love stuff like this, you know, you and I get in a room or having the opportunity to speak on panels and things of that nature. Uh, but if for some people, if you're more extroverted, you go through that experience and you get off a of stage and you're just like ready for whatever's next. You could stay up to 1 a.m. in the hallway with a bunch of people around you, you know, sharing war stories about whatever. I'm going to my room. Like after a big presentation, I, well, specifically, I probably want a sandwich, uh, probably like a crispy chicken sandwich uh, and um, something, you know, some type of dessert. And then I'm going to sleep. I just, it is just, it takes all of my energy. And so, there are a lot of, I joke with my extroverted uh, folks here at BSN all the time because we have some speakers, they just like light up. They can like lead all day training. And Amy, I used to do that. I was in corporate America, um, part of my 11 year journey uh, before I started building BSN full time. Uh, I was in corporate. I was a full time instructor, corporate trainer and instructional designer. And so I would have to lead week long trainings, eight hours a day in front of a classroom facilitating. Okay. <laughs> you're tired. It. You're tired just thinking about it. I can see it on your face. <laughs> there you go. But I want people to know, like, I don't want people to kind of come into this, to your point, with this roadblock, this mental barrier of, oh, I'm an introvert. I can't be a speaker. Or, oh, I'm an introvert. I wouldn't be an interesting speaker or an exciting speaker or, you know, a transformational inspiration. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It simply matters where you get your energy. And, knowing that information will help you create a life that will help you set up a structure so that you make sure you're replenishing your energy as needed. That is so true. I know a lot of people will say, well, I don't like conferences because I find them exhausting. Schedule your nap time. I do that, right? I figure out like, where's the block where I'm going to go take a nap so that I can go back and talk to people afterward. And that's even if I'm speaking there, I will do that. I will say, okay, I'm speaking at nine. That's awesome. 10 o'clock, I've got this thing. I probably ought to hang out through lunch, right after lunch, nap, and I'll go back for the cocktail reception later, right? And, and that's the thing. Like, I think, um, cause I'm the same way. And part of it is um, I, I've always been kind of like a rule follower to a degree. I'm more maverick now in my older like years, but before I was like, even in school, like I go through every single thing. So if I'm at a conference, I'm like, oh, here's the schedule. I need to like follow the schedule. It, it takes additional like self-awareness to be like, you know what? I don't care how good this session is. I'm going to my room or I'm going to sit outside or I'm going to, you know, uh, go to bed early instead of going to this like mixer, you know? So it, it takes a high degree of self-awareness. And I think as professionals uh, and entrepreneurs, that's a topic that uh, in and of itself um, around self-awareness that's like really, really important because otherwise, uh, if you don't control your schedule, you, you don't control your, and more important, your priority and your energy, 
you're always going to be at the whim of whatever else is happening around you. And that may or may not necessarily be in you or your business's best interest. Absolutely true. And there's so much we could talk about just about entrepreneurship. Um, but I want to be, because I've got you here, I want to be very specific about your speaking business. So there are all different kinds of speakers. You already mentioned you used to be a corporate trainer. That's one way to be a professional speaker. Um, there are keynoters, there are people who do workshops, there are people who you know, do like group coaching sessions, those kinds of things. And I, I, this is kind of a loaded question, I guess, but what kind of speaker are you primarily? Where do you focus? Yeah, so I, you're right. You can break all these um, different categories down, but the way I kind of see it and simplify it as we teach this is that um, you have two different types of stages. You got other people's stages and you have your own stage. And so, and depending on your business model and what you're trying to accomplish, you're probably going to need some combination of both, but the, the ratio of how often you appear on your own stage or how often you appear on other people's stages uh, is going to vary. And so for me, I'm the type of speaker who, like I prioritize building my own stage, hence, you know, the Black Speakers Network community. I think that in general, unless you are starting out by the way, so I've kind of developed these different, you know, levels as I think about the progression of a person and as a professional speaker. So like level one is kind of like uh, aspiring speaker. Like your goal is just to be on stage. You're new. You're just starting out. Uh, next level is um, like an emerging speaker. And so this is somebody who maybe has like a year or two of experience. They are, you know, pretty polished, but they're still trying to figure things out, but they're on their way. Level three is what I call like a seasoned speaker. And so this is a person who know, really knows their stuff. They built out products, programs. Uh, they probably already are six-figure level or, or above, and they really, really um, have a handle on what they're doing. And the two levels above that are expert, and those are individuals like, you know, your Eric Thomas, your Della Toros, like these people who have put like 10 or more years in the game, and they are really, really um, have like a mastery, not only of their content, but also have just like uh, a really, really large influence around themselves. And then the fifth level is what I call um, uh, celebrity. So that's like, you know, Obama, <laughs> you know, and these people in the celebrity category, Amy, it really doesn't matter as much. Like you don't even need to be a speaker per se. Um, I mean, but you have influence and you can still command like the highest speaking fees in the world. That's why every U.S. past U.S. president typically are the highest paid speakers. It's not because they're great speakers. Like I heard a speech by George Bush and, you know, Bill Clinton and all the people. And, then, you know, they're, they're okay, but it's not like, you know, Eric Thomas. So, you know, it's, it's like that. And so across that progression, what I look at when I think about what type of speaker I am, I think part of the thing that people have to keep in mind is that you get to write your own course. And so for me, um, if you're somebody that is already, um, you've already built a life and a career, and you're already kind of like an expert industry leader in your space, you don't have to, you know, go through like all those different things. You could um, instantly walk on to um, massive uh, corporate stages, industry expos, and already command really, really high speaker fees because they're like, oh, you were the CEO of this. Oh, you were in this professional sports team. Oh, you built the business to X amount of you know, revenue or you exited. So you don't need to do that. But if, you're, if you don't have that 
and you're starting from the beginning, then building your own stage is probably going to be the path of least resistance because it's going to be really hard to convince other people that you need to be on their stage until you put in that work. And so that's kind of the how I identify myself. I just wanted to kind of give you the, the background of how I got there. No, that makes total sense. And I wish I had found you when I was starting out because I didn't know anything about building my own stage. Um, and I'm still trying to figure that one out even four years into my business. I went the very hard route of every single step from aspiring to emerging. <laughs> and I, I think I finally hit like the seasoned category, maybe with a, a toe, you know, getting a toe toward expert, right? But it is it is a rough thing. And I completely changed, like I completely changed careers. I was in insurance IT before I did this. And <laughs> Y'all can't see the look on Brian's <laughs> face, but I got the look. It's very <laughs> the niche. what the hell did you do look? <laughs> well, I know I, I like deep niches. That's why I'm like, okay, that's like very like it's <laughs> very specific. So, yeah. But you know, but now I talk to nerds about how to be more inclusive. And you know, so there's some right, I've got some credibility there because there it doesn't get nerdier than IT and insurance, right? <laughs> can't can't like you can't can go get from, nerdier than that. <laughs> talking about actuaries to, uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, if you know the difference between an actuary and an underwriter, I'm your speaker. So that's love kinda... it. <laughs> but um, so Brian, let's let's talk about this, um, this network that you've built. Um, and I do want to go back to the reputation of it because uh, some people that I, I follow on Twitter, people that I'm having my own personal network, uh, when I talk to them about, you know, where are you going for advice? Because it's you're basically trying to get people into NSA and specifically into black NSA. Cause some of the stuff that's going on there is really amazing right now. And they're like, no, 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 I'm good. Cause I'm in black speakers network. And I was like, no, 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 it's both. Um, but tell me about black speakers network. And I got just sort of this avalanche of, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. And I learned so much and they share so much opportunity. And, you know, so tell me about this community you've created and who it's for. Absolutely. So um, Black Speakers Network, I mentioned, um, I started in 2016 out of a need to just, you know, build this interconnective community. Um, I mentioned I'm from Baltimore and I'm still in the Baltimore area. And initially, um, I really didn't want to build just like a another um, like group locally. I really wanted to have it be expansive. So from day one, we've been kind of focused on building this like virtual blueprint, which today um, has provided us the infrastructure to have, you know, a global community of 14,000 current and aspiring speakers. Uh, we're in about 30 different countries as well. And the whole, like our mission is still the same from day one, is to equip, connect, and inspire the next generation of Black professional speakers. Now, we get the question all the time, who can join BSN? I'm like, anybody can join. Uh, we really operate like a um, professional association, uh, but we kind of have like the attitude of a scrappy startup, you know, <laughs> and everything in between. And so it's kind of uh, there as a resource for people who uh, really want to get started as a speaker or already speaking or looking to grow their business. Uh, what's interesting, Amy, is that not every speaker, not every uh, talented speaker or speaker who have really great content or thought leaders, not every speaker self-identifies as a speaker. You know, there you have a lot of people who are, you know, career professionals, established entrepreneurs, or really just really good at things. And they really, you know, if you say, hey, you know, are you a speaker? They were like, no. 
like you just spoke at that conference last week. You just spoke at a webinar. You just led your entire company meeting. Be like, yeah, but you know, I'm not a speaker. So part of it, there is a consumer education component associated with, um, you know, the branding of it all. I think, you know, and creating a organization like Black Speakers Network, you know, it's very, um, the name alone has become a huge asset in terms of, you know, trying to attract, you know, part of our target demo, but there's also this other target where it's kind of like, no, you are a speaker and, you know, we can show you how to leverage your uh, intellectual property, your, your experience and package it in a way to, you know, create additional income stream or, you know, potentially create a new career. And so that's really, really exciting. Uh, part of my original intent of starting a community wasn't just to have this massive, you know, collection of speakers that are out speaking. I really saw professional speaking as an economic empowerment engine for anybody who really wanted to take it up. Like it's, it, it's a level playing field. If you can learn the skills and we have a 5M model that we teach in BSN, but if you, you learn this methodology, you could learn how to um, targeted audience. You can learn how to craft a compelling message. You can learn how to create market materials to speak to, you know, specific individuals. Like these things are learnable. And so um, BSN, in essence, we are here to really provide three things, um, training, resources, and opportunity. And I mentioned to you earlier that progression of, you know, aspiring speaker to emerging speaker to seasoned speaker. Um, that progression lines up to exactly what we provide. If you're a new speaker, I mean, opportunity might be nice, but really <laughs> what you probably need in the beginning is a lot of training and some resources to help you build out your infrastructure. You're going to need websites, photo, videography. Um, you're going to need somebody to help you craft your bio, to help you get clarity on exactly who it is that's your target. As you move up the ladder to now emerging speaker, now you're like, okay, you still need some training. Absolutely. But you're also ready to get out there. You're trying to get on podcasts. You're trying to get booked at you know, seminars. You might be trying to host your own events. And so that's part of what we provide as well is making sure that folks have access to those opportunities. And once you're a seasoned speaker, you might go to a couple trainings per year. You may still plug in, but at that point, you're now kind of becoming the thought leader. And so we start to leverage those individuals as the people to teach back and pull up the next generation. And so it really kind of becomes this self-perpetuated um, um, self um, community of the more people that we bring in, the, the more opportunities we're able to create amongst each other and the better that we can tap into the inherent skills, talents, and ability of each person, the better, the, uh, the more valuable the overall community, you know, becomes. And it's not because of me, it's because of, you know, the, the net result. And so my whole goal as an entrepreneur, um, and, and I don't even consider myself, like I'm not even technically a full-time professional speaker myself now, because my focus has been, I've been in CEO mode. Like I am focused on building the road that people can drive down. And, you know, um, we put some toll booths on the road so we can fund it. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, that's my goal. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's, it's so important. I think, especially right now, it's always been important, but the opportunity is there now for different stories to have a spotlight. 
and for more representation on stages of people of different backgrounds than we've seen in the past. And, you know, one of the biggest frustrations I have as somebody who, you know, helps build inclusive spaces is, oh, well, we just don't have a pipeline. We just don't have the talent. There's just not people out there. And you'll hear event planners even say, right, oh, well, we just didn't have anybody that, you know, we couldn't locate. And I'm like, no, not good enough, right? And so you've basically created this whole bucket of talent that people can just dip into if they need it, but also that you're elevating that talent within that bucket, right? So that there's, there, there are no excuses for having all white panels. There are no excuses for having all white speaker lineups. There are no excuses for only seeing white folks as experts. And the fact that you've cultivated a community of 14,000 people (laughs) dedicated to this mission, I think is, you know, is exemplary of, you know, it not being, they're not being a pipeline problem. They're not being a talent shortage. This is a, you know, that's about people's refusal to see it. And I really appreciate you being out there helping people, number one, share their story, because sometimes that is hard as hell for people to do. But number two, giving them the resources and the training and the opportunity to not only share their story, but to do it writ large, which is huge. Well, I appreciate that. I think, you know, the fact that we have so many people that are galvanized by the mission just speaks to to the need. Uh, We live in a very polarized uh, world and um, even more so, I think, in the United States. I mean, we're pretty much divided on every major issue um, that you can think of. And And every minor one. Yeah, you know, like, like football just ended a couple nights ago. So everybody's, you know, you know, back to being, uh, they say the most segregated, uh, you know, day of the week has been Sunday, right? Because, of you know, everybody goes to their individual uh, places of worship. And then on Monday, you know, come back together to, you know, try to work together. So there are all these different things that um, can potentially separate us and, you know, create silos. Uh, and I think, and, you know, part of my journey, and this is why I respect what you do so much, Amy, I've spent five years kind of doing corporate diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion work. And uh, one of the, the things that I noticed is that, you know, it could be a very, like, slow-moving, like, you know, train. It's kind of like, okay, you know, and I know there's this whole thing about diversity fatigue and, you know, people having the same conversations over and over and not really feeling any traction. And I think, uh, at the individual level is really where progress is made. Um, it's not necessarily in these big, you know, programs and stuff like that. It's in individual conversations. It's in, you know, uh, actually building kind of authentic relationships with people. Um, but being able, uh, I think representation becomes incredibly important um, at the to, to have a beginning step for that. Because if you see somebody, you seeing somebody or hearing somebody that has uh, somewhat of a shared experience and connectivity, you see yourself there. And and it's a thing where now it begins to create this environment where you can learn and start to break down some of those those, uh, barriers that in your mind you thought might've been really, really big, but when you get into it and you, now you know somebody that's uh, coming from a completely different life experience or um, they, are coming from a similar life experience, but they happen to look different or present differently, then light bulbs start to go off and magic starts to happen. And so part of the embedded mission of BSN 
as we're going out and elevating these uh, speakers and you know getting more opportunity is I think that uh, we have a um, a kind of baked in mission to be able to do a lot of that work. And so even though we're not like externally branded as a DE and I company, um, it's it's like it's kind of what we're doing. And I think uh, there's a, a sense of shared responsibility to be able to elevate the voices of underrepresented, you know, marginalized uh, people, uh, and not just black people, but from you know all these different you know life experiences to be able to shine a spotlight on topics that uh, otherwise would you know not get as much attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something to me, there's something really important about solving the problems before the problems or solving the problems that feed the problems. Right. Mm. Because that allows us to take away the excuses of the people who, or the structures or the systems, right. That want to maintain the problem. And so, you know, for example, pipeline can't be a problem. I've got 14,000 people I can recommend to you. Uh, you know, or, you know, if we can change people's attitudes and ideas early in their careers, they don't become, you know, senior leadership, C-suite leaders who perpetuate old ideas. And so there's all kinds of ways that we can chip away at some of these problems. And you're right. It's one person at a time. And I know that a lot of times people say, oh my God, I'm tired of hearing about this. And if you're tired of hearing about about it, right? It's because you haven't heard the phrase that connects with you that gets you on board. And if you hear it enough, somebody's going to say the same thing in a different way that reaches you. Absolutely. And I think that's why we need so many different voices because everybody's going to craft that message just a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's why our um, our tagline is uh, speak up your audience awaits because uh, we feel like there are some people that just won't move until they they connect with that voice. There are some people that literally, uh, and it doesn't matter. And that's why we try to, you know, one of the lessons that we work with new speakers a lot is uh, authenticity and really kind of carving out your own voice because there's, you know, tends to be this um, desire to mimic success. And uh, when I say mimic, I mean like replicate. So it's kind of like, hey, you know, Les Brown, is this, you know, early voice. He has this like very specific type of speaking. And so, you know, a lot of speakers want to be like, oh, I can mimic that. Or Lisa Nichols, like, you know, I can mimic that. And then, you know, that'd be my thing. But we don't need another Les Brown. We don't need another Lisa Nichols. You know, we don't need another Cabot Robert, as great as he was. Like, we need another you. <laughs> and until, because there's a very healthy cross-section of the population, that have already heard those other people to your point and haven't done anything, um, but they might do something when they hear you. So I think that is um, at the heart of kind of like our ethos as a, as a brand. I love it. Brian, if somebody's thinking, you know, I'm not a speaker yet, but I would love to add another revenue stream to my life, my career, my business, or they think, you know, I always wanted to speak, but I didn't know how to get started, or I am a speaker and gosh, you can get paid big bucks for that. I didn't know that. Um, where can they go to learn more about Black Speakers Network? Oh, well, we're easy. We're highly Googleable. If that's the word. <laughs> Googleable. So, yeah. I mean, if you can't, if you're listening to this and just later on, all you, you know, remember websites or whatever, like literally 
black speakers with an S network, put it into Google, I guarantee we'll be the first, <laughs> first ones to pop up. Uh, and, you know, we got the trademark and everything. So um, blackspeakersnetwork.com, if you will, and happy to learn more. We have a phenomenal community um, on Facebook uh, where we're sharing like free content and tips and things like that. Um, so yeah, uh, we also, um, I invite people to check out the Black Speakers Network podcast as well. Uh, which is available on most streaming platforms. And uh, if people are really just kind of thinking about like, man, should I be a speaker? Is there money in this? I mean, we talk about everything from like pricing your speaker fees to, you know, getting started. And so I would just recommend just binge listening to the Black Speakers Network podcast. It's free and uh, you can do it whenever. And then if you're ready to jump in, then come on over. Sounds great. And you can also at Brian's website, blackspeakersnetwork.com, get your very own certified introvert t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Highly recommend. We have extrovert now too. We have oh, very nice. and extrovert. Yep. Um, so whichever one you have self-identify, go for it. <laughs> All right. We, we can, we can be divided on another issue, introvert versus extrovert now, but no, it's, they're so cool. And I just, I love that because I, I think it, I think that breaks down yet another barrier in this industry. So Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to learning from you and hopefully future collaborations with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. Wasn't Brian insightful? What I love about this interview is the way he talks about the speaking business as being kind of a choose your own adventure book. And there are a lot of different ways to come into it. There are a lot of different ways to exist within it. And there are a lot of different ways to move it forward. And there, there really is room for so many people in the speaking industry. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to Living Corporate and share us with your friends and colleagues. And you can really help us out by leaving us a six-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you're thinking, Amy, there are only five stars in this app. Okay, give us all those stars. But then go the next step by leaving a couple of sentences in your own words, telling us what you enjoyed about the show or the series. Don't forget to visit living-corporate.com to learn more about our other podcast videos, web shows, and more. See It to Be It is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a certified woman and LGBTQ-owned business dedicated to helping organizations transform their reclusive nerds into inclusive leaders. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. That's it for this episode of See It to Be It. This is Amy C. Wanninger, and I'll see you next week. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.